On this episode of the Autumn Win Back, what does the Packers win on Monday Night Football mean to you? Raiders are pissing away money. Mark Davis, every man or toddler. How long until we demand production from Tyree Wilson? Leonard Williams for Hunter Renfro. Who says no's? And we break down Patriots versus Raiders. And we love. We subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Episode 199. Of the autumn windbags, we are broaching the uh, was it bicentennial 200? Bicentennial, yeah, it's in 1976, it was America's bicentennial. This one, equally as big, 200th episode of the autumn. I think it's going to be equally as celebrated. I think so. Parades in the streets, American flags waving, silver and black flags waving. I don't know what we're going to do for it because episode 200 will be. The post game show for Pat's Raiders on Sunday. So we'll think of something. Because normally, when it's like a regular episode, we do like a best of, we look back. When for episode 100, we did like all the best interviews we did. We've done some good interviews. Like we've slowed down on interviews. So if you're a newer subscriber to this show and you're like, oh, it's a cool show, you know, it's, you know, it's Soto and RJ chopping oh, it up guys. Raiders. Yeah, talking trash. Sophisticated dick and fart jokes. We'll throw in some analysis every Whoa. now and then if we're drunk enough. That's one. Dick? No. Yes. You can't say that in school. You can say, we're allowed to say ass and damn, but not dick. I'll leave it up. To, hey, I will 100% leave it up to your ruling. Your call. Look, is dick man. allowed? Is I, dick I, allowed? I, I, think, I, I think you've been pushing the envelope a little bit. I don't I don't know that that word is okay. You, you tell, I want an official ruling right now. Is dick a swear jar word? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Where jar. Okay. You need to do, uh, and I know you're doing this on purpose because you need me to catch up. That's eight and 10 on the swear jar. I didn't get one all last episode. Eight. I'm very proud Soto of myself. 10. Well, we won. So you were calm. <laughs> I wasn't very happy about our offensive line play. And I'm no. happy, very happy with a lot of Josh McDaniels. But a, calls, w, but a W keeps you pretty level-headed. A, a W lets you bite your tongue. I don't know. I, I caught myself a couple times. Okay. We'll think of something. So anyway, long story short, what I meant to say was 200. We don't know what we're going to do. 100 was big. We used to do a lot of really big interviews, but it just kind of never, just a lot of work. We got some <laughs> skin and good people on there. We some, we'll, we'll start. AJ Hawk, Cub Swanson, Bruce Buffer, Adam Hill a couple times, Heidi Fang, Vic Tafer, Vic Tafer a few times. Um, Marcus Moser, the guys from Tape Don't Lie have been on. All the Tape Don't Lie guys. We haven't had Matt on from Tape Don't Graphic. Lie. Graphic. Get him on. Graphic's yeah, Graphic Raider. Sanjeet, best friend of the Sanjeet's show. Our still, homie, dude. He's still number one. Still number one friend of the show. Dude, Sanjeet did a live with me. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing right now? He's all nothing. You want to jump on live? He's like, sure. <laughs> we just jumped on talk. <laughs> he's pretty chill, man. Um, Yeah, we had some good guests. And we kind of just... We, we got away from it, not for like, 
I don't know. It's mostly on me for being lazy. We might start kicking those up again. We'll see. What do you What do you guys want? Do you like guests on the show, or do you like me and Soto more? You let us know. Do you like interview format? Do you like Do you like the back and forth format? You let us know. That's not the actual question of the day. The real question of the day, and we'll pin it up in the comment section. You let us know. Put in the comments. What does the Packers win on Monday Night Football mean to you? And not the Packers winning, us beating the Packers when we won. The Packers win on Monday night. What does that mean to you? Which seems like an interesting question. You're like, oh, it's because it's good. Now it's one more in the W column, one less in the L column, and we move forward with a better record. Not that simple in this kind of season. Not this simple in this sort of, this sort, this sort of situation. That is. So do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I think it's a building block for us because we've lost a couple of close games in a row that we should have won with better decision-making. Mm-hmm. And I think that our defense stepping up and instead of being something that holds us back, it was the reason why we won the game. So. Yeah. I think there's some very good positives to come, even though let's say the offense hasn't been unlocked yet and there was some things that need to get cleaned up. I think that we can pull away some stuff that we can build on moving forward. Um, those are two big ones. We're able to win games close uh, and we're able to close out games defensively. What it means to me is we can win in spite of Josh McDaniels because Josh McDaniels had a pretty bad game. Um, terrible clock management, bad timeout, some bad play calls. Offense looked terrible, but we still won. In this case, the defense and the turnovers bailed us out. In other games, it's been um, Devontae Adams bailed us out before. You know, there's what it's it's been. Josh McDaniels has been losing us games more than he's been winning us games, but we were able to win despite Josh McDaniels on Monday night, and that's important to remember moving forward because. Number two in this conversation, for me anyway, is this was the kickoff to us playing four of the five, you know, four of the probably five or six worst teams in football, right? Other than the Panthers, we're paying basically all the worst teams in football. Jets, Giants, Pats, Bears. Um, Broncos, we've already played and beat, obviously. But like, other than the Panthers, we're playing all the worst teams in football, specifically the worst offenses in football. And if we couldn't get past the Packers then that's saying, all right, these teams are worse than the Packers on paper. I thought the Packers were worse than their two and two record. I think they got, they got lucky in one of their games and Jordan love was just as bad as advertised, right? Probably worse. Yeah, he's, if, he's not good. If we couldn't get past them. Then I, it made me feel like any of these other wins in the soft part of the schedule was fool's gold. It's like, okay, we're just beating up the worst teams in football. And that might still be the case, right? Well, we'll time will yeah. tell because the schedule gets, gets tougher after but if we do, and we'll get to the Patriots breakdown later in the show, if we do beat the Patriots by 15, if we do beat the Bears by 20, if we do, you know, we do go four and five and maybe only lose to the Lions or something. This does tell me, like, look, this isn't just pure fool's gold. We beat a Packers team that was 500 coming in. So that's what it meant to me is Josh McDaniels had another bad game. We're still able to win. And what you talked about last week, Soto, is. What can when we're asking what can Josh McDaniels do to keep his job? And we're like, well, just win. But you're like, no, I want to see wins. But Josh McDaniels also proving that's why, right? And that was my point. And that was like kind of like my counter or like the the 
the other layer of that discussion is we can still beat the Pats, even if Josh McDaniels is still stuck in a rut. Even if he's not improving, even if he's not learning and getting better, they're that bad, and we have enough talent in the right places, and our defense is now kind of starting to approach something that resembles somewhat decent. We can still beat these really bad teams, even if Josh McDaniels is still trash. And so, long story short, that's what Monday night meant to me. Why, thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of layers to this because it, we're, we're, we're changing as a team and it's not what we're used to. So it's, we kind of have to get used to seeing if this is a, actually a good defense or we were just playing really bad offenses, uh, which, you know, both could be true. Mm -hmm. uh, but we need to make sure that we see some kind of consistency moving forward on the positive side. We've seen negative consistency already uh, with time management, play calling, and offensive line play, and you know pressuring the quarterback. In this last game, we pressured you know Love a little bit more, but we see some improvements. We, we saw improvement in in pressures uh, this last game, um, and you know, forced him into a couple of mistakes. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, kind of makes me think of what would have happened if uh, Chandler Jones didn't do what he did. If we had a little bit, you know, better, better play up on the opposing defensive end for Max Crosby, what what this defense would have looked like? Because we kind of we saw yesterday, last week, excuse me, um, what the secondary could look like if the the uh, quarterback is pressured a little bit. And that quarterback's Jordan Love, too. I think that's also a... a well, yeah, that first one? That first one was, <laughs> first uh, one was a gift. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I, to hear Spillane talk about it, that was in the game plan. Like, hey, this, yeah. this look, this down and distance, this is what they go for. And uh, he he said he, he initially bit a little bit on the play fake, and he said, nope, that's not what they're going to do. And he just floated to the spot. So great job. Great, great game plan. Set, settled into the zone and got a gift. All right, let's know in the comment section. What does the Packers win on Monday Night Football mean to you, Raider Nation? Very curious what y'all say. Well, one guy that was there watching, but before he was out there watching, he did the slots. It's a great TikTok video if you're not, if you on the podcast and not watching it. Mark Davis getting ready for Monday Night Football. He's at the Wheel of Fortune quarter slots at some random casino, not so in the VIP section, not in the high stakes area. Just sitting there, haircut out, mouth open, mouth breather, making his smoking hot chick kind of like wait for him. He's got a valet carrying his luggage, but he's just kind of like, yeah, uh, you know, before the game, I'm going to swing by the Wheel of Fortune slot machine and uh, kill a few minutes. Every man or toddler? I think maybe a little bit of both, no? I think we're all a little bit every man and toddler. Is he one, more than one? Less than one, more than the other. I mean, if you look at the chick he's with, he probably walked by the Wheel of Fortune. And is like, oh, Vanna White. Yeah, sit down, and play a couple hands. Is this at the airport? Is this? I don't think so. Yeah, that's that's a luggage rack in the back. Look, is it? Oh yeah, it yeah. is at the airport. Yeah, right there. Where was he coming from? He's coming from somewhere, and then, uh, yeah, were the Aces playing somewhere? I I, I have no idea. He still has his fanny pack. It's so dope. The little man bag. I do appreciate the fanny lap. pack. I'm a, so I am a big good. fan of the fanny pack. When he got in that accident last year, he was wearing oh, the exact that. same outfit almost. 
Almost yeah. the exact same outfit. Almost the exact same, except his like, the, the chick got to it. She's like, stop tucking in your t-shirt. What's the matter with you? Right. You got a gut, right? If you got a six pack, you tuck it in. If you don't, you let it flow out. And he was traveling, so he's just going like relaxing mode. Even a even a billionaire getting picked up from the airport, the driver's late. Or he's just like, hold on, bro. I saw Vanna White give me 30 minutes and a roll. Yeah. Give me a roll of quarters in 30 minutes. I got plans. Make that bed shake. That's what I'm wondering, man. Is this like, I feel like we're over, we're often overanalyzing him so much, but I think it's with good cause because we're still trying to figure out what he's going to do here. Right. He's still, despite running the team for over a decade, it's still kind of like, what are we getting with this guy? Where, where is he? How are we? What is he, what is he even doing back there? I don't <laughs> even know what he's doing back there. <laughs> what movie is that from? Let us know in the comments. Uh, so next one up, I know we're coming off the win. We'll get to some positives here in a little bit, but I know it makes uh terrible radio. I've been a radio host 15 years. I know it's like not sexy, but I think it's important to bring up cap, dead cap, money, proportional spending. What was that movie? Um, the big short when they're like, yeah, all right, here's so-and-so naked in a hot tub to explain unilateral trading or whatever it is. I feel like we need that. You think like your yeah. your cats to get in a fight in the background and then explain like dead cat proportions and what it means in the future. Nope, they're tired. See, cap space, cap space talk even makes them fall asleep. They your cats ate, are going down. Tired. They're tired. It's, they had a big day, I'm sure. So I was going over the, the numbers of the Raiders cap, and there are some things that need to be addressed and stuff we've talked about before. Offense, they're spending $102 million on 26 players. That's 43.5% of the cap. That's the ninth most in the NFL. It's the ninth most money spent on offense in the, in the NFL, right? Top 10. The defense, 23 players, almost half that, $54.7 million. That's 31. That's 31st in the NFL. Only one other team spends less money on their defense. Las Vegas Raiders. Our offense is currently atrocious. Last in rushing, bottom 10 in scoring, bottom 10 in passing. Um, I think still first in turnovers. After I forgot after Monday, I haven't uh, double checked, but pretty close. If we're not number one, we're way up there in turnovers. Yeah, giveaways. Close. Not a great situation. It gets even more dire. You start looking at dead cap. This is money that's going nowhere. That's money that's just gone to the wind. That's just money given to players that are no longer on the roster. And with Chandler Jones, that number skyrocketed, right? We are currently having $47 million in dead cap. That's seventh most in the NFL, which is crazy. Which is crazy considering normally when you're in that situation, it's when you've moved on from like a quarterback or something, right? Like Buck with with Brady and, you know, the Rams obviously have like, they've been passing the buck down, the kicking the, the can down the road for years and years and years. And now it's coming back to roost. So that one kind of makes more sense. Uh, you know, again, Green Bay quarterback, like it's a lot of like quarterback situations where you're sitting on that dead cap. Not the Raiders. We're giving we're giving Derek Carr a couple mil. Like he's still on technically, but it's it's nothing, right? It's not a big deal. I mean, it's look, just, it, dead cap doesn't bad. necessarily have to mean a, 
bad thing because it could be that you're signing your good players, you're keeping your players, you're just being a little bit more strategic about when the money is paid out because Philadelphia's up there too, but it, but it's for a different reason. It's because they're paying their players and those players are, you know, they're, yeah. they're kicking the can down the road, but that's because they need to make the money work previous seasons. Yeah, that's not us. That's just no. players that aren't on the team. And and, it, and there is still some hangover from Grudman. This isn't all on Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. There's Littleton's still on there. Browns, Little, still Joiner. I think we still bit. got Joiner. Um, but it's a big the the biggest chunk of it is Chandler Jones. There's some Waller. There's some um, some other defensive players. Some nickel and diming there. Rock but the scenes there. Yeah, Rock. It's not done. It's not all them, but it's it's mostly them. So this is why I brought this up. This is why this is important for right now. I know the numbers are boring, but this is important. <laughs> the context for moving forward that matters to me most. What should be done in the future? Because right now, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, and I'm going to, fair or unfair, I'm putting them in the same boat, right? I don't know. this. I don't know the power dynamic between personnel with them. I know that it's Mark the regime, Davis, man. It's, it's fair. The it's regime, the regime, right? So the rule, like, it's the, you know, Dave Ziegler has final personnel decision making. I don't know if he's just doing it 100%. If Josh recommends something, he, he kind of goes with it. If Josh says something, Dave says, absolutely. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's out there. I don't know. I haven't heard any media members or beat writers discuss the power dynamic. Knowing that regime, they probably don't. So we're going to put them all in the same bucket right now. Because for our purposes, that's really all that matters, right? So last season, this season, they've been together. So that's all that matters. What I'm worried about, Soto, I wonder if you are too. I understand a regime altering a roster to fit their purposes. I get it. They're brought in. They're saying for the longest time, we're here for the long term. Josh McDaniels, as we've learned more and more, he has a system for him that he wants to do. Um, not, I will adjust to the personnel. It's like, I will adjust the personnel to me. Not, I will, not me adjusting the personnel. The problem arises, Soto. If Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are no longer Raiders by next season, which is a very real possibility, what kind of damage have they done to this roster and how long is it going to take to get out of here? Because it's one thing to just like, oh, we're making this roster as good as possible. Like, we're just going to make it good. We want good players. You're like, great. And these good players, whether it's Josh McDaniels or uh, John Gruden or, you know, whoever, Sean Payton, whoever, or whoever the next coach is going to be, oh, these are good players. We can make it work. That's not what this regime is doing. They're doing, we want our regime. We want five running backs and a fullback and a bunch of five foot 10 DBs and a ton of wide receivers, a bunch of no-name linemen, no linebackers that any other team would want. Like, they're building their very specific team. And so if they're gone, they have dug a hole. Because for any other coach or GM, this is a hole that they've built. They've built a hole. And so getting out of this hole, you think the, you think the dead cap space problem is, is an issue now. Wait until there's a coach and GM who are like, I don't need four slot receivers. We got to move on. Um, I think I think the situation may not be as dire as you're maybe making it out to be. 
Um, I don't know. The numbers are pretty bad, dude. For yeah, the, bad the offense pretty is, bad, but just spent dead cap. Yeah, but we're not giving big money to a lot of people. A lot of people. We're spreading that money around. Um, that was the issue with the previous regime: is we were giving guys, middle of the road guys, tons of money. We really only did that to one player, um, and hopefully, football heading pussy freaking does a solid and doesn't uh, you know lets us void that contract. For cause, like Mr. Davis would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But honestly, when Josh McDaniels did this the last time, Denver got super sweet after he left. They got really good the next season. Uh, So I don't see that the the guys he's bringing in, I don't think the talent is the main issue here. Because we saw, we were seeing the defense improving with what I think we both agree is a is a better player coach in Patrick Graham, uh, so I think with a different coach with the same personnel because we I think we, we still have some good personnel on this team. I think with a little bit better coaching, uh, better scheming, better um, like in game coaching, I think we, we would be probably better than what we're doing now. I don't think it's the personnel that's holding us back. So um, was there going to be some turnover? Yeah, of course. With any new regime, there's going to be some turnover, well, but I, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as you might think. I think it's I think it's the this the the way the sway in which it's built, right? 31st in defensive spending. That's Josh McDaniel saying, my offense is going to be so good. We're going to just put up 50 points a game. That we'll let pa- I'll throw Patrick Graham some spare parts. And tell him to weld together something that resembles a defense. Well, and that's right? how good Patrick Graham is, is the defense is performing, even though it might not look the prettiest all the time, but bottom line, they're performing much better than people would think they would. Well, and I mean, all you have to do is perform the 30th best defense in football, and you're performing better than what you've spent, right? Like that's well, we're performing a lot better than that, though. Last two games we flashed, right? So now it's, you know, is that is is this um is that a uh a speck in the radar or is that, is that like a like a flash in the pan or is that something that's gonna be consistent we're all hoping it's something that's consistent right um but I, you know as of right now it's too early to tell but there's there's some promising elements here right my point being like if this regime's all fired right mcdaniel ziegler graham and the next regime comes in and they're like you know i'm a defensive coach or i need this or i need that right it's not a roster that's constructed for a smooth transition it's a roster built specifically for these these three guys and nobody else pennies on defense a ton of wide receivers and running backs on offense a 33 million dollar quarterback that's way overpaid that's more my concern not getting out of this season for them that's another conversation right we can talk about okay so so let me ask you this question let me ask you this question who on this roster right now that makes a lot of money do you not want on the team jimmy garoppolo but he's a quarterback. He's not making a lot for a quarterback. Thirty-three mil guarantee for, that, for his that's my caliber. Point. That, not good. Yeah. That, that that's my point. Is we're only paying big money to players that we want to keep. So yeah. even if a new well, guy comes in and he, mm-hmm. he he cuts, you know, he can't come in and just turn over the roster in one season because you know, like you said, because of the dead cap, you can't do that. Well, so, it's, it's it's a multi-layered question, right? Like. I don't want to pay Hunter Renfro what we're paying him if they're not going to use him, right? So there's like, I want Hunter Renfro for this contract. I know you you did. I like his contract more than you, but 
if they're not going to use them, I don't want them there, right? Well, again, but uh, that would, 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 that's not the new regime. That's the current yeah. regime. New regime. Josh Jacobs at twelve mil. No, that's probably not. Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Um. That's kind of it, but that's not the total part of the story. It's not like there's a ton of terrible contracts. It's with good guys, but it's left nothing for the defense, right? Like that's, that's, that's more my issue is roster construction. Not like this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy are all terrible and we're paying him too much, right? That was, that was Gruyock, right? Now, like you said, that's, that was a Gruyock problem. Now it's just like, all right, you've loaded everything up thinking this offense was going to be top five. It's bottom five by some metrics and we're still paying for non-production. So what I was getting at is you're still able to use cap to get those one or two guys on defense who that'll start tipping the scales because there's not guys that aren't making a ton of money. So you, you, you can turn that over with younger players. You can maybe some veteran minimum guys that are going to come in that, that you, that you trust that, you know, because all, all, all coaches and all regimes do that. They all have their couple of players that think, okay, I trust this guy. This guy's been around the league. I know he's going to do it. I don't have to, we don't have to pay him a lot of money, yeah. but because the, the players that are making money are players that you want to keep for them by and large, it's not going to, it's not going to be as hard as maybe people might think to turn over the roster and get some of your players in. What's going to write this ship is if the draft picks start producing. I think that's that's the key to all this is like, you know, the, the big the big money on the big money's generally like the big money is on Colton Miller, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, big money positions, good player, you know, good to great players in those positions. If you could start filling in those gaps with a draft class, that's with draft picks starting filling the gap, that's what's gonna save this roster. Which leads me to the next point. Tyree Wilson has been playing awfully terrible this season. And we have both been preaching, even like the second he was drafted, we did a live show for the draft. We're like, cool, good pick. Um, still wanted Jalen Carter. Still thought it was, I'm, I still think that was stupid not to take Jalen Carter, but position of need. Yep. Yeah, you know, we're both in the same boat. Good player. Um, this is not a guy that's going to turn around the defense immediately. This is a guy that needs time to develop. He was a project before he hurt, hurt his foot. Like even if he was totally healthy, like okay, this is a, a, a specimen. This is an athlete. We're going to develop him and turn him into a great edge rusher. Then he, his and we, you know, and now we know obviously the story. Texas, he broke his foot, had no training camp, barely any preseason, way behind the eight ball. Right. Um, ESPN, Matt Miller, they did a, a uh, an article on like you know best rookies, offense, defense, etc. Which first rounder is underperforming right now? And they went Tyree Wilson. Miller said Raiders defensive end Tyree Wilson, the pass rusher, was drafted to take pressure off Max Crosby. That need has only heightened since the Raiders released Chandler Jones. Wilson has zero sacks, a 4.3 pass rush win rate through four games. He needs to get on the field more and start making an impact that lives up to number seven overall pick that the Raiders used on him. So he's doing squat. We're more forgiving. I would. I don't think it's too far-fetched to say he's the most disappointing, pure production-wise first-rounder in the NFL right now. Guys have gotten hurt. Guys are in less important positions. But as far as a guy that's 
been healthy every game, been active every game, pure production for that position. I can't think of a more disappointing first rounder this season. So the question is Soto, when do we start demanding production? At what point are we like, okay, we gave you a grace period. You're learning. We drafted you knowing that would be the case. We knew you were hurt. Now I want results, not flashes, not, oh, he's looking better. Oh, his attitude's so awesome. He's asking Max Crosby a million questions. It's all right. When are you going to start getting the quarterback? At what point do we make that demand, Soto? Now. Really? Game yeah. six. And it, he has six. to start. He has to, he has to get something going. Okay. There has there, there has to be some fruit from your labor. You have to get something. Now, he did get some pressure. I mean, he had a, a 0% win rate after the first three games of the season. So he's getting better. It's only getting better. Or is the number. It's like uh, when Josh McDaniel said, uh, you know, for a number Multiple of times, we were on Khalil Mack. Like two's a number. We did a number of things to, to try to stop Khalil Mack. Yeah. A number of them. Two, 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 two numbers, number. right? Four is a number. Four percent. It's an increase. So, I mean, it's if we take a look at it from the last two weeks instead of just the whole season, it's, you know, quite a bit higher than 4% because that first three weeks he didn't get zero. It was 0%. Yeah. So one of the pressures did cause uh, an interception. It was the the late throw uh, that uh, Marcus Peters batted down or batted up. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we preached this with Max Crosby when he wasn't getting a lot of sacks. He was getting a ton of pressures. And I'm like, okay, those pressures are going to eventually turn into sacks. Yeah. He's getting more pressure now. And the, But those pressures by themselves are game affecting, right? Like, yes. you want the sack, but, oh, you're, you're rushing a pass. Now it's incomplete. You're pushing him into somebody else. Like, yeah, that's a, getting that, off is a spot. that is affecting the game, right? Tyree Wilson is not affecting the game whatsoever. Uh, I wouldn't say whatsoever. I would 4%. say he's not. A, well, I mean, 4%. Over the entirety of the season, the last couple games, it's getting better. So if you keep going from the beginning of the season, you're going to have three games of 0%. So it's going to bring what he's doing now down. Yeah. But I think now we need, we need to hear his name called. This next game, we need to hear his name called. We need to hear him and see him do something of magnitude. Tackle for loss, uh, you know, force fumble, uh, a pressure that we, you know, it's him either getting the sack or chasing down Mac Jones and having him running for his life and throwing the ball, you know, God knows where. Yeah. Uh, so we need to hear his name. That's that's my thing now. I need to hear his name doing something positive, like you said, that affects the game. I need to hear that in this this next week. It's it's time now. I'm not saying he has to get a sack. I'm not saying that he has to be the best player on the field. I'm saying he has to start uh, making a positive impact. That's uh, uh, obvious, mm -hmm. an obvious positive impact. Not like, oh, well, you just see that he pushed, he pushed the, the lineman back and X, Y, Z. Like, no, no, no. What, what's the defensive end supposed to Look do? Look how big his he, triceps were when he, he was pushing that, that pushing that tackle away from the play and was totally ineffective. None of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, he he had a yeah. nice play where he he chased a, a, a runner down from behind uh, and during against the Chargers. He showed a lot of athleticism there. That was a good play, but he needs to he needs to be he needs to have his name called, and that that was a big thing when I played. Is like, man, 
I, I need to hear your names called. Everyone, everyone wants to have their name called for, for something good. Yeah. So go out there and flash and do something good. And he needs, he needs to do that. Every position on the field other than O-lineman. You want to hear your name called. Uh, sure. And the holder. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm wired differently. And I got called. like I, I, uh, I had someone in the comment section tell me, like, well, you're just saying that because that's what Max Crosby's good at. It's like a Charger fan or something. I'm like, no, this is, this is truly what I believe. And this is truly what's more important, right? Yannick Ngakwe, right? He'll give you double-digit sacks every season. If he's your primary defensive end, right? If he's getting the, the majority of snaps, he will get you double-digit sacks every season. And nothing else. Nothing else. That Gus Bradley year, he had, what, 24 total tackles? Like 24 tackles. Only, like, one or two for loss. It was bad. And, like, he had, like, eleven, like 10 or 11 sacks. And, like, 24 total. Your starting defensive end... Opposite Max Crosby. And you got a, a, a tackle and a half a game. That's it. Because that's unique in Gakwe. It's like, I'll get you sacks. Literally nothing else. I'm not going to pressure. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get the running back. I'm not going to set the edge. Nothing. Right. But that's kind of an, the evil genius of unique in Gakwe. He's like, how am I going to get paid? Get a bunch of sacks. Done deal. Like he's always going to have a job. He's always going to make millions of dollars. Right. Tyree Wilson's drafted too high to be something like that, right? So I, I'm I'm with you in that the ease like games are decided by by a handful of plays, right? And if Tyree Wilson's one of those, he's making his impact, and that's and, that, and I agree, like that's important, that's good. But he's drafted so high, I want consistency. I want, you know, how like Max Crosby, he'll give you more pressures than anybody else every single season, and that's consistently affecting the game more than anybody else, right? Unique Ngakwe is like, I'll splash one and a half times a game. Max Crosby affects almost every play he's on the field, right? I want Tyree Wilson to give me significant and consecutive disruption of plays. That's hard to see in stats, right? It's hard to like delineate that in stats. But if he's causing, I'm, I'm happy with him consistently making a running back have to cut back inside, making a quarterback scramble, uh, getting your hands up and getting out of a throwing lane, like things like that. Like I want to hear his name. Yes. Like what you said, I'm a hundred percent on board with, but I feel like that's, that's like isolated moments. And because he's such a great athlete, I think he'll get there first. I think he'll be more of like, you know, once or twice a day, I'm like, Whoa, what a play. Like, Oh, he destroyed that tackle. Got to the quarterback. Um, he's such an incredible athlete. That's why it's more important to me to see him be a consistent force on the field in constant disruption, because I think that's that's when you're drafted, that's high. That's what you want. And he's such a good athlete. That's going to be the star to shoot for. I mean, yeah, for sure. That's what you want to shoot for. But like in fighting, one of the hardest things to teach somebody is head movement because they want to block everything. They want to just shell up and block. And that's not always the best thing to do. Because you can get baited into a lot of different things. Easier. Right? It's the easiest way to go. Yeah, it's the easiest you way to go. It. And it's the first thing people think to do. Well, the first thing people normally think to do is turn their face. And like, I don't know. It's like a natural reaction, right? But head Jump movement, over the look, cage wall and run into your mom's arms is the first one. And then, then two is turn away. And- yeah. But like slipping punches and, and, and keeping yourself in a position to counter, that's very difficult to learn and to do consistently. You have to start doing it once or twice when someone's very obvious, right? That oh, he's going to throw the jab. I can see it. Okay, now I can get out of the way, and I'm still, I'm still in position to counter. 
So it's, it's going to be steps. And he has been taking steps. So before he becomes a consistent pressure or consistent, uh, what would you say? A consistent... Uh, consistent force of disruption. Force. Because before he's becoming that, he has to flash. Which is going to be the name of my, my new metal band, by the way. Consistent force of disruption. Perfect. But that's, I mean, before he becomes Max Crosby, he has to be a somewhat Max Crosby two or three times a game. He, I think he'll be unique in Gakwai before he becomes Max Crosby. I think he'll, because fl- he's such an athlete, I think he'll flash. I don't think he has that twitch, man. To be, I don't think he has that twitch to be that. I think he's going to be a lot better versus the run than the pass. He's going to be more like a Jadavian Clowney. He's going to be a lot better against the run than against the pass. But once he gets his pass rushing moves, he's going to be, he's going to get better in that. I don't think he's like, like that twitchy. Um, he can work on his get off. And you can work on his hand fighting. Uh, but I think he's going to be more of a Jadadian Clowney type uh, where he's like super awesome against the, the, the run and then it gets better against the pass as he gets older. I, I think he's gonna, what I mean by unique and Gagwe, I think he's going to lean on his athleticism and there's enough there where he'll get away with it for a while, right? Like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to crush a play every now and then, right? I think he's going to be better than unique. I think he'll end up being be- a better overall player than unique. God, uh, I hope so. so with, with, I think eventually with similar sack numbers, but uh, he's he's not getting stonewalled anymore. He got earholed, uh, like Chargers uh, against the Chargers. He got earholed. Allen got him, uh, but that's I don't know. That was kind of a cheap play. He was getting blocked already. Then he got earholed. I don't know if that's that's legal to do, but. Um, I mean, he's he's not getting stonewalled by these offensive linemen anymore. It's not he's he's pushing them back. He just needs to, you know, that's the only move when he's engaged, that's the thing, right? Yeah, like, I mean, he's, I, I, he's I, I, better, and, that, and that's where the hope is. You're like, you just put this guy on tracks like a train, and he'll move. And now it's like, all right, let's build on that, right? Like track, then swim. He's, he, he started Where'd doing the Khalil Mack hand in the chest. He did that a couple times, and he he got around a, a, a tackle doing that. I saw him do a little like shove and shuck, like he like he did with the sled. So he has the ability to do it. It's just getting better at it, getting his technique and his hands better. Once he gets that done, it's gonna it's it's it takes everything, man. Like it takes your 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 balance, your body weight, your momentum, and how to how to shift. Because dude, these 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 are big boys to, to be throwing around, and uh, he's got the <laughs> he's got the, the 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 strength to do it. He just needs a little bit better technique. Does Texas Tech? Not have a defensive line coach, like dude, Texas Tech didn't, they didn't they didn't, they didn't want to touch him. Like, dude, just do what you're doing. You're just annihilating these tackles. <clears throat> just run right through them. <gasps> Makes no sense. Makes no sense. There's like, all right, we're not going to coach you. Just do you. It's like, okay, just say so. And if you're in the Big Twelve, you you, you think <clears throat> they want to like, you know, teach him pass rushing moves and stuff. Like, who knows? They pass all the time up there. Clearly, they didn't. Uh, so you and Rory were discussing something and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with Hunter Renfro because Josh McDaniels refuses to use him slash Jimmy Garoppolo refuses to throw to him slash whatever is behind door number C. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just not doing anything. Um, and he's $13 million against the cap this year without doing without any production, right? Whatever the reason may be. What do we do about that? Do we move on? Do we do something? You suggested a trade, or did Rory suggest it, or you suggested it? You suggested. I suggested. I I saw it in uh, in an article of 
players that were looking to be moved or that should be moved. And uh, two of them just happened to be Hunter Renfro of the Raiders mm-hmm. and Leonard Williams of the Giants. And um, we, we've heard this, you know, reported, but it said in the article that the Raiders are looking to do a player swap. They don't want to get rid of any picks. They value those picks. They don't want to get rid of any. They want to just do a player swap. So I said, because, you know, Rory's a huge Hummer fan. What do you think about Hunter Renfro? We're all fans of a good Hummer. Hunter Renfro for Leonard Williams. And uh, that's where it started. Yeah, defensive tackle for the Giants, Leonard Williams. And we do play the Giants uh, first weekend of November. First or second weekend of November, right? It's during that that five-game stretch where we're playing after after teams. the uh, the Lions after it's right yeah right after the Lions and then Jets are Jets are after that, um. So this leads into a little bit of what I talked about at the beginning about are we going to let Mick Ziegler bastardize this roster so much where we're losing good players but they're not but they're only good for other people not good for this one I think that's a part of the conversation. The other part is um, Leonard Williams is at the tail end of a three-year deal. This is the last year of a three-year contract, right? $18 million base salary. Uh, what's his cap hit? It's pretty, pretty big cap hit. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's a pretty yeah, decent. The, the Giants pushed that back. Like, pushed it. Yeah, they restructured it. They restructured a few times, right? So it goes to, are we... The trade led trade deadlines Halloween, right? Trade deadlines October 31st. Yeah. Are we getting Leonard Williams with the hopes of getting really good this season and doing something this season? Because that would be if we just if we just picked up his contract as is, it's basically, you know, for for our intents and purposes, it's a one year deal, right? It's the end of a three year deal, right? Year number three. Are we having him trading a guy who we've got multiple years on in Hunter Renfro? for one guy for one season because before we beat the Packers, I feel like half of Raider nations like tank for Caleb. Right. And this is a not tank move. If you're tanking for somebody, you want the Hunter Renfro's on the team, right? Young guys that can be good moving forward. You don't want the Leonard Williams. He's going to be 30 next year. And and basically a one-year deal, right? Like that's not a tank move. That is a win now move. So that's those are the two things about that deal that I want to discuss is yes, Hunter Renfro is giving us no production. There's no sign that Josh McDaniels, Jimmy G, or whoever, whatever reason he's not getting production. Are we going to give up his potential production the next few years if Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G are gone for a one year in Leonard Williams? And two, is this a is this a a, a sacrifice a long term player for a win now guy? Well, how long term is he? Is he? Is he? He's only two more years, right? Two more like years, a three-year deal. Okay, so let's 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 not let's not make it seem like he's got a four years left on his contract. Medium he's got this term. year, this Medium year, and next deal. year. So it's not like let's just slow down a little bit there. Um, I'm not. I didn't suggest this because I don't like Hunter Renfro. I didn't suggest this because I don't think he's a good player. But for whatever reason, where we're at right now, we're not using him. So. I was saying it from the perspective of let's use our assets to bring in assets. Uh, And it just happens that defensive tackle is a place of need. And Leonard Williams would um, automatically become our second best 
off uh, defensive lineman, probably a second best defensive player. And wide receiver is the place of most bounty, <laughs> right? You're taking yeah. what we have the most, like too many of wide receiver, and just so happens none of they need players. weapons in New York. Yep. Uh, they need weapons out there, so it, it, it's a good fit. But I think you only make this deal if you sign a contract, uh, maybe a two or three year deal with Leonard Williams. You extend him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he can, you know, can give you a little bit of a of a cushion on the cap for the next few years if you extend him. Plus, you're getting an asset back for the asset you're giving up, and a part of that asset is the fact that he's under control for this year and next year. So you you don't want to, like you said, you don't want a short term. You you're going to want if you bring Caleb Williams in. Let's say for example, or, you, or look, because look, Caleb Williams is like the unicorn. That's the one everyone's going to want, right? But there's still Drake May. There's Michael Penix. There's Bo you know Bo Nix. There's like a lot of good quarterbacks. A lot. I said it. Uh, if you guys have been listening to me, I told you guys during draft time this year. I said, be careful about reaching for a quarterback because there's going to be five quarterbacks at least better than Bryce Young this year, mm-hmm. and there is, and it's coming to fruition. There's five quarterbacks at least that are going to be better prospects than than Bryce Young was coming out this year. So. Caleb Williams single-handedly got the Trojans out of that shit on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was there. It was – I was like, what Arizona – That goal like, line play calling, I was just like – I texted you. Like, I'd never watched SC. I was like, oh, they're going to blow it. They're going to blow it against a 2-3 and three Arizona. I have to watch it. And so Caleb's good, just like, dude. coach, give me that clipboard. Let me ha- – I'll, I'll take care of this. You go sit down. Just get, get yourself – I got this. Have a seat. Get in a rocking chair. I'll take care of this. He's so damn good. He's so good. It's funny. Like, I love it when he does it, but when Patrick Mahomes does it, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it when both of them do it. <laughs> so there's still there's still the possibility for us to be able to get a quarterback that we're looking for or a quarterback that we can build with because I, I really believe that there's going to be five quarterback prospects that are better than the entire class was this last season. And they're all like pro style. They're it's all, they're all big. They all can all move. They all got they're all pro style, but, but like different, like there's some of them are like, isn't Bo's like 26 or something. There's because of the COVID year and like other red shirts, there's year, older red dudes shirt. that can, they should be able to right away deliver, but you're kind of like, all right, are we waiting? You know, do we give up three years of a pro career for him to, so it was like, what I'm, what I'm saying yeah, is no, what, a variety. What, what, what I was getting at it's is variety. I was, I was getting at is just because you want to get a young quarterback for of the future next season, it is, it is, that doesn't stop you from building a better team around him. Mm-hmm. And you've shown that you can run an offense, maybe not the greatest offense out there, but you've shown that you can run an offense without Hunter Renfro. Because we saw that uh, Michael Mayer needs more targets. You target him and good things happen. And mm-hmm. um, he's shown a little bit what he's shown at Notre Dame, that he can get separation. He's you know, that that funky, he's kind of more athletic than you might think. Great hands, uh, able to make a play, maybe able to turn a corner on a linebacker that had an angle on him the first play. So he's a little bit more athletic than people give him credit for. He just needs more chances. So you, so now you have Devonta Adams, who, and, and I don't know, think that anyone's really brought this up when it comes to Hunter Renfro. He wasn't very happy only getting four targets. Mm. So you need to feed that man. You need to feed him a lot. So if you're feeding him a lot, and then you have a young tight end that showed that he has some promise, and you have a very reliable pass catcher in Jacoby Myers, there's only one ball. 
right? So it's a good problem to have if you can unlock it. And if you, you, you haven't quite gotten that done, you might as well use your assets for a reason. And, and, and he's not doing any good running routes and not catching balls. So if you can restructure or you can do a, an extension with Leonard Williams uh, while you trade him, I think it's a good thing to do because you're giving yourself a massive upgrade on the defensive side and you're really not using losing anything production-wise on offense. Have Hunter and Darren Waller team back up again in New York? Teammates yet again? Yeah, Waller's killing it too, right? Right. <laughs> Have Waller show him the ins and outs of New York. Are there two cities that scream Hunter Renfro less than New York City and Las Vegas? <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> just like a just like a good old Southern boy. Give me a deer stand and you know a, a porch a porch to chill on. And he's just like. All right, you're going to the bright lights of Las Vegas and then the Big Apple. <laughs> Darren, um, what are we doing here in this alley? This is where I buy my crack. Yeah. Ooh. The sad thing is you you might be onto something. I, I hope it's not true. That was a bad joke. I apologize, everyone. That was Don't apologize. Joke. Don't apologize. No, 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 no. That's not something to joke around. Right. That, was, that was poor form on my end. Deep down in your hateful heart. No, I, I, I can admit when I'm wrong. That, that, was, that was not cool. I'm gonna edit that out anyway. Why don't you do? Why don't yeah, you right. You're gonna you're gonna lead with it. You're gonna make it a short jerk. Uh, so Sunday afternoon game, Raiders Patriots home game, Legion Stadium. This actually might maybe this will probably be a home game for the Raiders because the Patriots are so terrible. They got a lot of fans, but let's be honest, they're fans because they've won a million Super Bowls, not because they're diehard, right? Um, Raiders minus three, Legion Stadium afternoon game, afternoon window. God, the Patriots suck. You hate to see it. You know what I mean? It's really, it's really tough. It's really, you hate to see a fan base that's, you know, been through so much that have struggled so hard over the last 20 years, you know, barely winning a title every other season. You hate to see them lose. They've lost the last two games by a combined 72 to three. They haven't scored a touchdown since the Meadowlands in week three. This offense yeah, is rough. rough. It's yeah. bad. Team. It's bad. One thing that, that probably might tip in our favor too is the Pats fan base is looking to boo. They're like looking to pick on stuff to get upset about because of the yeah, they're sunshine fans. They just they, think, they, they're, they're nothing but win. I don't think anyone is going to this game as a Pats fan with like a shine of optimism in their eye. They're looking to boo yeah. Belichick. I think Belichick is getting on a short leash, son. Because look, you remember what happened to to, to to Bill Parcells, right? Bill, same thing happened to Bill Parcells. He had the, the lay of the land, the king of the castle. He can he had personal decisions and everything. They took personal decisions away from him. He coached the following season and he, he was he dipped. I'm out. Yeah. So I can see by just they just they just don't have a lot of talent on their team. They just they're just can you name one player other than let's say Christian Gonzalez that's going to be on the team in five an years? IR anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you name a guy on the team that's going to be on the team in five years? Like, no, you probably can't because they don't have a lot of talent. Yeah. So that's what I foresee happening before he gets before Bill Belichick gets fired. I think he's going to get maybe some of the responsibilities stripped away and have let's say the new GM or president or whatever, however they call it over there, have that person report directly to Robert Kraft instead of, so go around Belichick yeah. and, and just, you just coach the team that we put on the field for you. I think that's probably what's going to happen. And I, I don't 
like the fact that they put up such poor performances two weeks in a row because it's just the the percentages of it happening again get lower and lower the more it happens. So like if they would have put up like, you know, they lost 24 nothing last week. If they would have put up like, you know, 10 points, 24 to 10, it would have been something. And then, okay, they're, oh, they're, they're terrible again. Oh, my God. But doing that, no touchdowns two weeks in a row, it's going to be tough for them to do it a third week in a row. And that's coming on a short week as well. And Belichick, well, this, this is what, what I'm wondering is, like, are things starting to – is Belichick and the Pats – because, look, I, I've always, you've heard me say it a million times, right? What, what keeps continuity of a winning franchise? Ownership, coach, quarterback, right? They still have Robert Kraft. They still have Bill Belichick, right? They don't have Tom Brady, but they got Oops. two of the three, right? Still got something. When Belichick came on the press conference, he's like, "Hey, we're starting over. Like, we're going to turn things around. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, whatever that may be." I'm wondering if Bill Belichick is actually feeling pressure because he's been untouchable for 15 years. It's like I can do anything, and even if it doesn't work, they'll be like, "Well, you know, Bill tried it. He'll get it right the next time." Because he's built that kind of equity, rightfully so, right? When all those titles. Is he starting to feel like, is he starting to feel the walls closing in on him? Is he starting to get a little desperate? I think he's been feeling that. A few years ago, Robert Kraft was like, we haven't made the playoffs in two years. We haven't won a playoff game in four years. Like, he's been feeling this. Mm. So, um, I'm not too sure that they haven't already had this conversation they mean Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft yeah. about now the thing is is look you could put Bill Belichick you could put Vince Lombardi on those like 0 and 16 Lions and Cleveland Browns teams they're not making the playoffs mm-hmm. you need talent to win and Tom Brady's proving it you don't have your quarterback your quarterback is in the game maybe other than a hockey goalie there's no bigger eraser in football than your quarterback Oh, the defense is struggling. Okay, well, Tom Brady can win shootouts. Mm. Oh, well, you know what? I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of talent in, in my wide receivers. Well, Tom Brady's going to have to fit it in tighter windows. Oh, well, you know, I, I messed up that call. Well, Tom Brady's going to have to, you know, get this third down. So, if you have a good quarterback or one of a or a great quarterback, it can it can cover up a lot of stink. And mm. I think what he's what Bill Belichick is seeing now is you can't do things the way you did in the past. You yeah. need to have your players. You need to well, have players and he has no players well this is the, and then but that's the also the thing is that's all on him right because he's the gm oh, yeah. and he drafts and that's what and personnel. that's why i started with that's probably what's gonna get stripped first but the but the defense has been bad too right like that was the thing is like um you know that you had tom brady on the offense and then bill belichick on the defense championships that's that's championships right I understand the offense is going to start taking a taking a dump a little bit, but the defense hasn't been. It's not as off. It's not as awful as the numbers say because there's been so many turnovers. Like the offense has been so bad that yeah. the defense is giving up. What's what's the Pat's defense is uh, giving up twenty six point two points per game. That's twenty fifth in the NFL. A good chunk of that has to go to all those turnovers and how bad the offense has been. Right. Similar. Yeah. To, similar to the Raiders. Right. It's been well, and, that, and that's fun. why I was saying like I've been saying this for years. The offense does help the defense by how they play. Mm-hmm. If it's a lot of three and outs, uh, you, you get your, you, even a good defense is going to get tired and they're, they're going to wear down late. Last game you saw, uh, you know, the 24 points is a little misleading because they got, 
what, two defensive scores or something like that. They got an interception mm -hmm. return and like a block punt. So the, only, the, the defense only really gave up 10 points. And then their offense gave them seven. And then I think the special teams gave them seven. So this is, this uh, is one of those games where I don't think, I don't think Jimmy, we don't need Jimmy G to win it for us. We need Jimmy G to not lose it for us. I think it's one of those games. Like this could be a three, four turnover from Jimmy G game, five sacks. And the defense just can't keep up with how bad our defense can't keep up with how bad our offense is going. Like it, I, I feel like it's that I feel like the game is like Josh McDonald's is like grabbing Jimmy G by his chiseled jaw and his like pouty come hither lips and saying, look at me, just protect the ball, just protect the ball. That's all I need from you today. Just protect the football because Pat's offense is awful. Last in the league in points per game, 11 points per game. Like I said, they haven't I, scored a touchdown since week three. They're bad. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, RJ, because we've seen defenses who have maybe not as sophisticated and creative defensive coordinators be able to stifle Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to just play the game and make the right reads. He can't just sit back and be checked down Charlie because we're not going to move the ball either. He has to make the plays that are there. Um, he, he didn't have to press, but his interception, that ball should have gone to Devontae Adams 15 yards further down the field. He just didn't look there because of whatever. He didn't want to throw it. Um, Michael Mayer, a couple of times, did a really good job of chipping and with a late release, and he was wide open. That's something about, about chipping with a, a tight end. A lot of times the linebacker cheats or the safety cheats when he sees the tight end block and leaves him and he ends up being wide open. So I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't know if I, that verbiage is, is sits quite right with me. Uh, I think he, he still needs to make the plays that are there because you still have some talent defensively, like Christian Barmore is still out there. He's, he can, he can wreck a game up the middle because our interior offensive line is not great. Uh, I don't know if Matthew Judon's going to play. Probably not. Uh, but if he does play, he's somebody that can, you know, put a lot of pressure. So you, you can't just sit back and think that your offense is just so good. You could just just can't make mistakes because you do have a good defensive coordinator on the other I, side. I'm saying the only way the Pats beat us is if the offense makes mistakes because their offense is so the, bad. The, the and only getting way we're going to win this game, the only and way we're going to win this game, RJ, is if Jimmy Garoppolo makes the right reads. It's not about making mistakes with him. It's about making the right reads because you could not make a mistake by checking down and you didn't, you didn't turn the ball over, but the mistake was you didn't get it to the right read down the field. That's the big difference. Once we're Jimmy G about. goes off leash a little bit is when I'm going to get deathly scared. Like again, we're, 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 we're making two different points here. Pushing the ball down the field when it's the right read is not making a mistake. It's not going off the leash. It's, but I don't want him to be checked down Charlie either. I want him to make the proper read. I, I want him to have ball security number one priority. Like, of course. Like, uh, RJ, we both if you play like that, RJ, he's going to be checked on Charlie City, and we're looking at a 6-3 game that we're probably going to lose. No, and then Mac Jones has the ball, and this is what happens. Like, look how bad Mac Jones is and how much worse he's getting, right? Like, 30 passer rating last game, 39 before that. Like, he's getting worse. 
He's getting worse and worse. He's lost this offense. And then Belichick are at odds. Like it is anarchy. Like the ball in Mac Jones's hands. It's almost a good thing. Like it's, it's almost kind of like, Oh good. Like good things are going to happen for the Raiders because Mac Jones is quarterbacking right now. And, and like, look, we're both being like very, I'm not trying to be as black and white with it. Right. Like, of course, like there's a wide open guy for Jimmy G throw it to him. And so again, again, I'm you're saying, going all the way around to the other thing. He doesn't have to be wide open for it to be the right read. I don't want him to be a check down Charlie. We can't win that way. If he turns the ball over too often, that's the only way I think we lose. Is if the if the if the offense does not turn the wrong. ball over, I think we guaranteed to win. Their offense is so bad. Like we're literally the worst in football. 11 points per game. Their offense. If they get if they get turnovers, they they played a, a couple of really good defenses the last couple of weeks. We've only played sure. one good defense. We've played some pretty bad defenses this mm-hmm. season. So I don't I don't think that it's going to take too much from their defense to stop our offense if we're being checked down, Charlie. We have we have to we have to make plays even though because we still have to score to win. We do, but I think the only way we lose is with is if we lose the turnover battle. Which we lose every the turnover battle every single game except for Jordan Love closing his eyes and throwing into Spillane's arms. The best part about this is we'll find out on Sunday. I hope uh, Max just embarrasses Trent Brown. I hope he just like spins him like a top. That would be anything that's not very specifically points related. That's the number he one. He didn't look good see. at all last week. Trent, if you see him play, he didn't look good at all. He hasn't looked good since that one season with the Pats that made that made John I mean, Gruden decide to make him a He's been serviceable, but he is he has been looking bad lately, really bad. You know what's wild? Um, Jokers. Since Bill Belichick arrived in New England, um, there's only three coaches that he's faced multiple times that he's never beat: Al Gro, Ron Rivera, and Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels beat him twice, right? We beat him last season, and he beat him when he was in Denver. You be three and zero, like he's favored to be three and zero against Bill Belichick, like one of the worst head coaches in football. It's going to be three and zero against one of the best head coaches in NFL history. Well, this part makes no sense. I mean, recently, without one of the reasons why he is considered the best. Yeah, look, it's just the NFL is passing Bill Belichick by. He he can't build a team the way he built a team before with a bunch of good players and no great players. You have to have great players to win. And he lucked into getting Tom Brady because I don't care what. Well, he picked him. It's not luck. Yeah, it is. Because he picked him to be a backup quarterback. Okay, just stop. So where's the greatness on that team? There there really is none. So um, this whole do your job thing, again, he doesn't have that human element because you can do everything right and you just got a special player on the other team and Devontae Adams, and he's going to get open no matter what. Yeah. So you have to have those special players on his team. And that's that's the other part, too, right? Like, Devontae's going to get open. Like, Christian Gonzalez is on the IR. They don't have anybody that can cover Devontae Adams. I'm telling you right now, like, just, I, just I, I, can see, play. I can see a, a heavy Devontae game plan. Heavy Devontae game plan. Because, honestly, that was one of the biggest shames to... Josh McDaniels in his career, you get a Hall of Fame 
pound wide receiver who was screwed over by his last team that would mess him with him, monkey him with his money. And the first time they have to play that old team, he gets targeted four times. You got to call more plays for Devonte Adams, man. You got you got to make sure that he's a big part of the offense. That's a big travesty, and that's again a part of the human element that I think is missing on JMD. That like he needs to be a part of that. So I think coming up, it's it's got to be a big, heavy Devonte Adams game plan. Yeah, DB rooms shot to hell. They don't have much of a pass rush. And our run game is the worst in football. We're thirty second in yards per carry. Like we're not we're not going to think that against Bill Belichick. Our run game is going to find something, right? Like it's maybe uh, maybe uh, Van Roten will stop blocking somebody and block nobody again. Who was Bill Belichick talking about here during his opening talking about Las Vegas? Bill Belichick said the Raiders have at least five of the top players in the league at their position. Who are the Max. five top players? Like, there's two obvious ones, right? JJ, Matt. Well, Max and Devonte. JJ, he's playing not anywhere near that this year. Again, you I mean last year he was. So, I think he thinks, he thinks JJ is better than Christian McCaffrey, and I mean Austin it's Eckler it's and, hyperbole. So you can just as long as he's in the sphere, right? So those three, and I think uh, Carlson and and Cole. So yeah, so I'm so I'll, that's where I'm with you. Because it's Bill Belichick, and he's such a football nerd. Like, there's the obvious, Crosby and Adams. And then I think he's like kicker, punter, fullback, or long snapper. Or like, you know what I mean? Some random position. Long snapper is like I, th- I think he special means teamers. Josh Jacobs. I think he means Josh Jacobs, even though he's not doing well this season. I think he means Jakob Johnson more than Josh. I think, I he think you the are other full JJ. of malarkey is what I think. I think it's Bill Belichick who loves fullbacks. How many fullbacks in this league can you name? Aren't on the aren't on the Niners. Like there's not many. Uh Ricard from the Ravens. There's a Yushchek from uh the Niners. Uh let's there's see our boy. Else. There's our boy in Miami. Yeah. Uh who else has a fullback? That's it, dude. I can't think of anyone else. That's the, that's my point. You know Belichick knows him. He's like, oh Jakob. Oh, I missed that guy, that big German brute. He's huge. He's, He's like an offensive head. lineman. He's big. Uh, that's 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 what he's brought in to be. Yeah. Just be a fucking unit. All right. Boom. Where jar? All right. Ready for some what up win backs? Are we tied up? No, I'm 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 uh you got me by one. Nine to ten. Didn't you just have nine? No, I had eight to start the show. Or I had I had set has did we agree on the D word to start the show. I've been I have been keeping track of this. Bro, it's your job too. You man, audit me. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I gotta make sure I got you right. Make sure okay. I got you right. It was seven to ten to start. Look at the notes. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you changed that, but whatever. Seven to ten. Yeah, I changed it to seven because that's where we were. Because I had a couple during the live show. Okay, okay, fine. Screw up my money. What a windbags. Let's go to Mark Davis's barber. Five six two nine. Mark Davis didn't even know Dave's last name. LOL. I was trying to remember what he was talking about because it wasn't. I'm I'm wondering if he's talking, obviously talking about Dave Ziegler, and we're we're talking about how in the last show Mark Davis is he going to move on from either one of them? 
because during the introductory press conference, he forgot that Dave and JMD went to uh, Carroll, oh, John Carroll, or whatever the university. university yeah. yeah, right. And he forgot that, and it was kind of like embarrassing and awkward for a second. But he's like, "Where's where? I forgot." Blah, blah, blah. John Carroll's all right. Dave Ziegler and introduced him. Was there another time when he forgot Dave Ziegler's last name? You know, Mark Davis meets a lot of people, man. You know, because it sounds like something Mark Davis would do, but I can't recall him doing it. It definitely sounds. I, I I believe it. So there's a funny show. There's a, a, a not. A, I mean, they're not very funny. Uh, I don't think so, at least. But there's a funny story about um, L.A. radio hosts, sports talk guys, uh, Mason and Ireland. Right? They said that when they were, uh, and I think it was, they were at ABC or what, they were at some, they, they were working somewhere, and they walked by, and that's that, that's when Rick Dees was still like a really hot DJ in the morning, right? Mm. And he's like, "Hey, Mason Ireland, how's it going?" And he said it like. The like so one of them, his first name is Mason, and his last name is Ireland. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Mason Ireland, how's it going? Like, not Mason and Ireland. It's like, hey, Mason Ireland, what's up? Like, he's like, up, he's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if 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 you know, and I think uh, Mr. Davis has uh, a little more on his mind than uh, than Rick Diaz. His real name more more on his mind than Ricardo Rick, Ricardo Diaz, the guy that's going to guide his franchise for the foreseeable future. He's going to guide that that, that uh you know. Can I say the T word? Uh, I'll tell you after. Okay, can I guide the the breasts on a stick onto his stick? <laughs> he has you know he's he's thinking about that. Yeah, not thinking about Ziegler's last name. That makes sense. Well, and Ziegler's that's that's a name you're not gonna forget. That's a very easy to remember name. You know what I mean? Like it's but always there's a lot of Daves. There's a lot of Daves out there. But he got the Dave part. They're saying he remembered the Dave, but not the Ziegler. Because like I'm terrible with names. There's like, Dave awful. with there's Dave, the founder of Wendy's. Dave and Thomas. uh Dave Thomas, and there's uh Super Dave. Is his first name Super, last name Dave? Something like that. Uh, Iris Sage, twenty four fifty nine. The Bears have scored sixty eight points in the last two games, and Justin Fields has looked great. We aren't beating the Bears, guys. Not like how we've been playing. The Bears are one and four, and they've given up what a twenty eight to seven lead two games ago. I mean, and we do have the Bears not this week, but next week. Are we? Are we honestly? Are we are we already worried about the Bears? Because if we are, we're as bad as we worried we were before we lost to the Packers. If we're already two weeks ahead of time, shaking in our boots to face the Bears, who I think current who have the one and two pick in the draft because yeah, they, they have Carolina's pick. They got Carolina's pick. They yeah. have one and two, the one and two pick in the draft. Are we already two weeks ahead of time, being like, oh man? Those bears, man, it's gonna be a tough one. Shaking in my boots. Trust me, there's a lot of teams we should be scared of. I'm out of the bears. We can still lose, but we still okay. have the Chiefs twice. We have the Dolphins. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Let's take a step back for reference here. Okay, the Bears scored 28 points against a team that gave up 70 points the week before. 
the Broncos. Then they scored 40 points against a team that the Broncos scored 33 points against. So when you look at it from that perspective, they weren't playing teams that really played smash mouth defense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we should take a look at, at it, it. It does. Uh, the details do matter. Context does matter. This and team has no gimmies, but are we really quaking in our boots for the bears? I'm not quaking in my boots because we can definitely go out there and stink up the joint and they have athletes. They have Athletic wide receivers have an athletic quarterback. Their offensive line is not good still. Uh, their defense is pretty bad. But, I mean, they can still go out there and put up points to have athletes. But it's not like, uh, you know, like I- I'm shaking in my boots if they're going to put up 50 against us. Watch them put up 50. They only put up 49. We held, we held our own. Maria DeRossi. 9516. I, as a woman, must now comment on the Jimmy G issue. The only thing I get is mother's feelings and pity when I see him play and hear him speak. You know, there's turned of corner, there's like a corner that's been turned with Jimmy G when women are no longer just like wooed by his looks, when his play is so bad that it's canceled out the looks. It's like a chick that's so hot, but her laugh is so like screechingly awful. You can't talk to her anymore. I feel like with a very rare female viewer that we have on this show, I feel like the tide's starting to turn for the ladies. Maria DeRossi, she makes a mean Sunday gravy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she does. That sounds like that. Maria, if you make a mean Sunday gravy, pass it on over because your boy does like spaghetti. Um, it's it's getting to that point where, you know, like you said, that laugh. That is his pit that those picks are that laugh, man. It's mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of like when I went to uh, I was you know going on one of those little late night excursions a while, a while back, it was a while back, and I had to stop to get some uh protection, you know, because I'm a very safe person. And uh, the guy, guy got it, uh, yeah, yeah, the guy at 7 Eleven is like, Do you want a bag? and I said, Nah, it's not that ugly. I just bought a 12 pack of bags. What are you talking about? Hey, All right, that's it for us. We will be doing a post-show on Sunday for the Patriots. Anything else that goes on in between now and then, we will address post-haste. Until then. Knock on wood if you're with me.